Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian. And we're excited to be with you for another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Once again, we have a listener question, and we are so appreciative of your questions. If you have one, all you need to do do is go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and you will find links to our sponsors. You will find links to some resources that uh, we've created to help you in your parenting adventure. And you will also find a space where you can leave a submission or a submission form where you can leave a question for us. And when we get these questions, we put them in the queue. We get to them as soon as we can. If there are questions that seem to be of the same type, we'll choose the one that uh, seems to be broader in terms of scope. But we always get to your questions. And uh, we hope that uh, if you've got questions, you will send them to us uh, as we move along throughout this year. So, Michael, we've got a, a listener question today. And uh, we've tackled this a little bit in the past, but the world has changed so dramatically in this last year that it's probably good to hear it with new ears. We've had kids who've been locked down. We've had kids who haven't been able to be with their friends. Uh, Some schools are open. Some are not. Uh, A lot of parents chose homeschooling, and yet the opportunity to do true homeschooling where you're meeting with other families for outings hasn't been happening a lot in this COVID world. So this is a great question to get at again, now that we have a little different perspective. And let me read it for you. And again, this was somebody, uh, a question submitted by, uh, through our website, wonderofparenting.com. It says, hello, gentlemen. Love the show. Thank you. And I admire the work you are both doing. Data and analysis helps both give perspective for decision-making and comfort uh, for the ever-worried minds of parents mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah true and and uh, i think we can both say it never ends does it we're always thinking about our kids no matter how old they are oh absolutely uh, i recently listened to another podcast uh called the longest shortest time it was episode number 179 with an interesting and popular topic on free-range parenting I'm very curious about the brain science around this notion that not all that long ago, this was just the way it was. Children stayed home alone, went to the park alone, walked to school alone. It's only recently that the new standard has become constant supervision. Uh, Within this episode, it was implied that there are some negative implications of parenting that way. Uh, So appreciate the time and consideration. And, uh, Michael, I think we've used terms in the past of the bubble parents or the helicopter parents. Um, Certainly thinking about parenting has changed a lot since the days when uh, I was a kid, probably when you were a kid, when our parents, especially in summer vacation at 7 in the morning, said, see you tonight for dinner, and that was it. Right? Right. You were just off on your own with your friends. And uh, it's just not that way anymore for good or for ill. So talk a little bit. Let's just start broadly with free-range free uh, childhood and what you your perception of it is, and then we'll kind of talk about uh, free-range parenting, some of the things we're doing today, and how to navigate our way through that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, so I'm not um, versed in, I'm not part of the free range childhood or free range parenting movement in the sense of their websites and so on. And so I'm not, I won't, I won't take that on as a, uh, as a group because I'm, you know, because I'm not part of that, but the concept I totally get. Uh, and I think the concept is so crucial that, that uh, and then her mentioning that constant supervision, there there may be some negative implications of constant supervision. Uh, absolutely, I can speak to all of that. So, um, in terms of the history of it, which you've hinted at, I think I think one thing that's really happened over the last few decades um, is a combination of the first starting with the incredible stress that people are under, uh, like in places like the U.S where parents are living an incredibly stressful life and um, uh, and and in many countries in the world, very stressful. So parents are under a lot of stress. And then we have a we have a um, uh, kind of media, social media that that is constant is constantly alerting us of all the bad things that can happen to our children. And they are bad sexual abuse stranger danger you know these are bad things and we're we're alerted to those all the time so that adds just to the baseline of stress that we're under as parents and um so we're sort of primed as parents to turn away from from free range or more natural parenting i would call it natural parenting where kids roam free uh, i think that's what this means free range childhood we are sort of primed to turn away from it because we're under a lot of stress we don't want our kids hurt, and we think our kids could be hurt. You know, A, B, or C could hurt our kids. Um, and then the third element is in the last 30 to 40 years, the psychiatric community, the psychological community, has has written a lot of books and moved us toward controlling our kids' childhood more um, as it has taught us as parents to micromanage, and it has especially taught us to emotionally micromanage our kids. Mm. You know, we need, our kids are going through this feeling, we need to manage that feeling. Our kids are going through that feeling, we need to manage that feeling. It's not good for our kids to be feeling anger. It's not good for our kids to be feeling sadness. We need to manage that. And and so when you put these three elements together, I think we end up with constant supervision, you know? And, and I, I believe there are also, we could argue some economic reasons, more the ability for one parent to stay at home for five to 10 years if the yep. other parent can earn enough of a living, I, mean, I think we can look at some social economic stuff. We can look at changing gender roles, a lot of things. Uh, I think at the at the stress level, it's it's stress and it's um and it's fear, and then the psych community provides us a way out of the fear by saying if you manage your kids' lives, your kids will turn out to be great. So you know, and if you don't manage your kids' lives, your kids will not turn out to be great, and you'll feel like a failure as a parent. So. Please micromanage your kids' lives. Now, of course, as you know, my my uh, I'm more into natural parenting. I'm a nature-based thinker, right? All my books are nature-based theory, so more natural, and I'm using more brain science. From the brain science side of this, that whole helicopter parent thing, the whole lawnmower parent, bubble parent, all that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't actually, at a data level, lead to the gains that people want. What it What it actually does is create immature adults non-resilient adults you know if we're constantly intervening and micromanaging their emotions they simply do not learn how to do it themselves um our attachment with them is messed up uh 
a lot of them en end up without fathers, about a third, 35% ish of American kids end up without fathers. So they're not getting that kind of, of help. Um, uh, because someone we don't like the way the father approaches them, or there's all these things that go on that show that we think that managing them is going to work, but manage micromanaging them does not work. And we have 35 year olds who, you know, can't stay married, can't raise their kids, just are not mature enough, not resilient enough, can't hold jobs, not resilient enough. So I think that the downside of all of this, of this constant supervision, the downside is now the proof is in the pudding. Uh, of a lack of resilience and immaturity. It doesn't mean, you know, that we want to put our children into a situation where they could be abused or something. No one means that. But uh, we do need to rethink, and I'm glad that there's a movement now to rethink the micromanaging. And the level at which I ask people to rethink about it is, are you trying to micromanage your child's emotions? Because that is what people... That, there was a little... Are we still together? There was like yep. a sound... Okay, yep. there was sound. That that's that's a way in, I think, for parents. Not just are you trying to micromanage their behavior, but are you actually trying to micromanage what they feel? If you're doing that, then wow, then you are, I'm sure, not allowing them to roam, to be natural, to go take risks, which really their brains want. We want them to go take risks. Uh, you're probably then not allowing their peers to help them learn how to process their feelings because you're probably micromanaging them away from certain peers that that you don't like the way they emote or the way they behave and that kind of micromanagement is ultimately i think going to lead to some bad things when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So I think back, you know, we're both uh, about the same age. Um, and uh, it, just in my neighborhood when I was a kid, we didn't have any fences up. Uh, all the houses, uh, you know, were, were somewhat close together, but everybody's backyard was available to everybody else. In our neighborhood, uh, and this is pretty much white suburbia, uh, the majority of the moms did not work. The majority of the moms knew each other. And so letting kids roam free in the neighborhood uh, sort of had its own built-in safety net with uh, everybody knew everybody else and and uh, if if Tim's not here, he's probably with his friend Dave or his friend Ronnie. Uh, we'll just give him a call. And so there was a certain sense that uh, we're okay. Plus, we're in suburbs. We're we're fine. I, I know that the situation was probably very very different in other settings. But then around the I think it was the 1970s, was it when we started seeing faces on milk cartons? Uh, have you seen this child? 
Right. And and we suddenly the whole nation was gripped with this fear that all of our kids were being kidnapped and we were going to end up on uh, our face was going to end up on a milk carton. Right. And uh, that seemed to be that. And then um, uh, the number of moms having to go into the workforce for a variety of reasons. And so our, our neighbor relationships weren't what they used to be. Some of those things, big picture, started this trend toward, uh, you know, sort of pulling in, closing in the ranks. I live in a suburb now where here in Phoenix, almost every house is walled off to the neighbor. We don't have many neighborhoods where I can walk into the backyard of my neighbor. We're all walled off from each other. We don't know our neighbors like we used to. And again, when you mention all these different things, these are all the things that have sort of built into this sense that our kids are in great danger. And so we have to watch over them all the time. And then if I raise my kids to think they're always in danger, they're going to raise their kids to think they're always in danger. So I'm even at a point as a grandfather, uh, you know, I, I might hear that my grandson went off for a bike ride by himself and i'm a little bit really he did by himself no adult with him what what are you thinking (laughs) and and, you know we get caught up in that um and and so what are what are some of the things now recognizing that the world is a different place than it was in the 1960s when you and i grew up grew up and yet kids are the same their needs are the same what are some really practical things we can do to expand our world for our kids uh, where where we know they're still safe, but at the same time we're not overprotective of them. Right. Yeah, I think you've uh, identified you've identified one like the other side of the coin of what you described. You described the fences and the people not knowing their neighbors. Um, the strategy is to go meet the neighbors and to create a neighborhood plan for allowing kids to um, to be natural and to roam and trade everyone's phone numbers and then. Uh, you know, create a grid of that, and then, um, uh, uh, then therefore create the scaffolding like you were talking about, so that now the kids have a two-block radius where they can go in and out of other people's houses and and be relating to this child and doing this bike riding and this stuff. And then two hours later, you know, they've moved over to this other place and they're building Legos in that basement, and you know, and then uh, that that. That is a practical strategy, and that will require a lot, not a huge investment, really. It'll just require spending a weekend getting to know everyone and working out a grid. Um, uh, that's really what it will take. And then it will be uh, working out a system to communicate. And, of course, all of that's very easy now. The parents can communicate. They can text each other and say, yeah, you know, Joe or, or um, you know, Gabrielle is at my house now. Just wanted you to know. Okay, great. So the child can still roam. And the child can still learn naturally outside and indoors, outdoors and indoors, in this two or three block radius. Um, and uh, all it takes is a text, you know, and that can satisfy my fear because I want my child to be safe. Okay, that's satisfied. Um, and it also is good for the development of the child because the child is getting all this other stimulation. And my fear is not being transferred onto the child and the child is fine. Obviously, if you leave even further out, uh, you know, in any outer or rural environments, that's even easier, of course, because out, yeah, in rural environments, do people do tend to know each other. And if there's a person who's eccentric or weird or dangerous, you're, you're you know, you're going to tell your child, you don't go near that. 
Well, that could happen anywhere. You know, that happened 50 years ago. So, so you're, you, of course, will train your child not to go to a place where you, that you think is dangerous or, or a neighbor's house. I mean, we had one neighbor that was like right out of To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, <laughs> uh, or at least uh, the stereotype, which is we thought it was Boo Radley, but he turned out to be okay. But you know what I mean? Where, where it was like that weird uncle and everyone said, do not go near that house. Okay. Fair enough. But, you know, the other neighbors are fine. And so you develop this scaffolding and this grid and then they can roam. Uh, in the in inside cities, obviously inside cities, it's going to be in apartment buildings, right? Or it's going to be it's going to be a network uh, where you have a number of apartment buildings on a street. It's it's going to be a network of 10 apartments that are part of the scaffolding or they're part of the grid. And you can go to any of these 10 apartments and then, okay, son or daughter, you can go to that park and as long as you have a buddy, right? And so then you have a buddy, you can go to the park and you have two or three kids going to the park. You know, that's pretty safe. Again, if the parents know that there are dangerous people in that park, the kid can't go to that park, yes. But but sure, the kid can bike ride to that park. The kid has a buddy. That could help the parents not feel fear. And then it can allow the kids to have the, um, the natural the natural parenting and the natural childhood. We do have to do those things. I mean, if we if we say to ourselves, well, you know, that was really interesting, but <laughs> but I'm just going to keep my kid locked up here. Um, th there are consequences to that. So we do need to go through the process of meeting these other people and forming, you know, this, I call it the first, second, and third family. These other people become second or third family and allow our kids to roam. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, my sense is that we as parents... Uh, intuitively know that this is important and that the way that we compensated by taking away sort of free range is by over-programming our kids in all kinds of activities. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we over, we're over-multitasking them, which has its own, we've talked about that, it has its own negative effects on the brain. Having them in five, seven activities, uh, it's much better to have them roam naturally and let them learn everything that they will learn through play and through learning and relationship. That's better. Um uh, then over-programming. The over-programming has a lot of disadvantages. Some programming is important. They should be in at least one physical, like a sport or karate or something. They should be in one um, uh, educational, which is going to be school and then homework, and then maybe something connected to that. And they should be in one social-emotional, some kind of group that's giving them access to others, like 4-H comes to my mind, but I don't know, mm -hmm. chess club, it could be anything, where they're in, in some other environment where they're getting some social-emotional contact. They should be in it, those three, 
Um, that's good for their brains. But beyond that, they can certainly be in another one. But beyond that, we got to watch out for over-programming them. Uh, it's much better for them to be, for our baseline, and I have this in both Saving Our Sons and Minds of Girls, and I have all the brain research behind this for folks, Saving Our Sons, Minds of Girls. Um, it's it's better to have natural parenting with these specific activities than to cut out natural parenting or natural childhood and put them in seven or eight activities. Much more disadvantaged to the brain in that. Michael, before I get to my last question, I do want uh, us to take a moment to say thanks to our sponsors. And uh, we wouldn't be here unless it was for our listeners and for our sponsors. So we've got uh, our good friends up at the center, Place of Hope, Dr. Greg Jantz. And they do extraordinary work on all kinds of issues that have to do with our mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And if you are interested in that, it's the Center of Place of Hope. You can learn more about them at wonderofparenting.com. The link is there. And then we've also got the Forge School. And Michael, tell us about that. Yeah, the Forge School in Benton, Tennessee, a school a residential treatment for boys 14 to 17, state-of-the-art. I've been there. I've helped them co-develop some of the cl clinical and educational programming. Uh, it's um, a wonder wonderful place for boys. If you know of a boy who's having mental, emotional uh, even you know educational issues in school. Um, uh, look at the Forge School and the whole Kalo Embark group. They have a number of schools, uh, and you can go to wonderofparenting.com, and then you'll see right there, and you can click to the Forge School. So my final question on free-range uh, parenting uh, has to do with screens. Now I don't know a lot about the free-range movement, but I do know that a lot of their emphasis is getting kids outside, back into nature, and I think. Part of what screens do, and we've talked a lot about this, but part of what screens do is they do give us a sense that we're at least able to control the safety of our kids because they're in the room with us, whatever, but screens pose their own challenges. So talk just briefly again about screens and then how important it is for the brain to get out in nature. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. Two sides of one coin. We would prefer the brain to be out in nature. We would prefer the brain also to be with others uh, you know, in the same room. In other words, so they're having a sensorial experience of the other. Um, uh, and so put those two things together, we're going to prefer for our child's development that the child is a natural roamer and also the child is having natural intimate relationships with others, you know, attachment with others. The screen, um, it, you know, the screen is okay. Uh, in, in the minds of boys, uh, in uh, the minds of girls, and in Saving Our Sons, my most recent books, I have a lot on screen time, and I won't repeat that here. Um, you can get a lot there developmentally. For different ages, screens are better. For other ages, they're worse. In terms of this conversation here, we want to remember that they, they're doing a few things we have to pay attention to. One, they're giving us the illusion that our child is relating to others because screens can be interactive. Social media uh, seems interactive. Texting others seems interactive. Uh, it is interactive. Uh, interactive video games are interactive. So we think, oh, well, our child is interacting. The child is having relationships. Um, but even there, it's, it's inferior uh, relationality to being out in nature and to being in the world with others. Now, during a COVID time, it's all we have, you know, for a few months. Okay, so that's all we have to relate is we're doing it through screens. But once COVID is over, we need to get these kids back outdoors and we need to get them back into relationships with in which people are proximal to them so that these brains are interacting sensorially 
and away from screen. And then, of course, screen time itself is its own danger anyway, whereas, uh, you know, six hours of screen time a day is dangerous for these developing brains. So a lot of reasons that we would not want to substitute screen time for natural parenting, natural childhood, and for natural relationships. We both are, are both of our religious traditions share this common creation story uh, that the Creator created human beings out of the land, and it's uh, a pertinent story. Uh, you know whether we believe the story or not, but it's a pertinent example of how important it is for us to be in nature. We were created for nature. We came out of nature. And it's so important for our brains to be interacting outside in nature, hearing the sounds of nature, breathing in the air, running around, using our bodies. And that's kind of what we were created for. We were never created to sit in front of screens all day long and, uh, and that, for that to be a substitute for relationships. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a really nice connection you're making because the brain is a natural organism. You're right. It comes out of nature. It doesn't, it, you know, it's not AI yet. <laughs> it's, uh, it comes out of nature. It's not a robot. It comes out of nature. So uh, we need it to be in nature, and that's especially important for kids. For adults, you know, we may have a job, like I have a job, where I spend probably 10 hours a day in front of a screen, and I have to have rituals to take walks, to get back out in nature. I have to, you know, I, I have to look away from the screen. I, but I'm an adult now, right? My brain is formed, and, and this is what I'm doing. I'm putting it in front of a screen because that's my job. Uh, but for kids, um, that kid, that brain is developing. So um, uh, that child needs to be out in nature and not spending a lot of time in front of screens. And that's even true during COVID. I mean, if your child has to do four hours a day, a day in front of a screen, then then he has to or she has to because of COVID now. But that would mean, if you have a 10-year-old, that would mean then very little or no other screen time for a 10-year-old. That four hours is enough. The rest of the time should be out roaming and playing and where it's safe, obviously, and allowed and doing other things, building things, chemistry sets, you know, other stuff that's not screen. Right. Well, this is so important. And uh, thank you to our listener for sending in that question. We hope it has been helpful. And uh, Michael, as always, thank you very, very much. Oh, thank you, Tim. And thank you all for listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Please check out our website, wonderofparenting.com, and our Facebook group. Just search Wonder of Parenting and hit the link, and we will get you in, and you can participate with that Wonder of Parenting community. Have a great week. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.